Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Genesis. We're at chapter 46. So let's begin with verse 1. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. So first, if I'm pronouncing the names wrong, forgive me. And um, also, um, they're saying, speaking of names, Israel, they're not talking about Israel, the nation. Actually, I guess they are, but they're talking about the first nation of Israel with a person named Jacob who got the name changed to Israel and all of his family, all of his sons and their kids. So it's talking about the very first people known as Israel and the same people known as Israel to this day, although it's become um, it's the is a diaspora. It's not just one certain people in one certain place anymore. But now it's a root of this same people in one area that is called Israel by some. Verse two, and God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. So even though we went through all that about a name change and according to the narrative in the previous chapters, it's, it's, we'll say God, it's, who gave him the name change from Jacob to Israel. Yet when he's having this interaction with God now, it's back to calling him Jacob. Go figure. But um, he's calling to him. And it's not, um, and it says a vision of the night. That doesn't mean a dream necessarily. I mean, it could happen while he's dreaming, but um, it could also happen while he's awake. That's what visions are. It doesn't necessarily mean sleep. he's asleep. But he's having the vision, whatever the case may be, with um, God in this moment. And he said, I am, I'm God, God of thy father. Let me say it again. He said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. So he's having another appearance in his vision by God. He's saying the same God that your father worshipped. And he's telling him, don't be afraid to to pack it up and move it, to go. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. So he's saying, I'm going to travel with thee. I'll be with you. You won't be alone. Don't be afraid, basically. God's on your side. God's with you. And he's saying, so don't be afraid. Go ahead and, and make the move. Make the journey. And it's a huge move. It's not just moving down the street or to another part of town or even to another state. It's to a whole other country, another continent another people he so he's telling him uh, but don't be afraid go ahead and do it i'm gonna be with you i'll also bring you back and i'm gonna make you great if you do it uh, when you do it i'm gonna make you great if you do what i'm telling you he's saying do these things I'm, i've got a plan and jacob rose up from beersheba and the sons of israel carried jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in the wagons which pharaoh had sent to carry them. So they used the provisions of vehicles, the carts, the wagons to uh, move. It'd be like a U-Haul. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him. So so saying in the previous reading that it's basically the first people who are being called Israelites. And, um, they may look different than what we know Israelis as now, because Israelis point to people who living live in a certain part of the world called Israel or Palestine, depending on who you are, what you believe, what you accept. But that's what that refers to. But this is referring to where the same 
country and got its name, the same root of that beginning of all that. So it lets us know there may be, there are things in the Bible you may or may not believe, but it, at the very least, the people are tracking back to this, the first book in the Bible. And he took their, um, let me see. Oh, and so he's loading up everyone, all his sons and grandkids and all of that. His sons and his sons' sons with them, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. So they all packed and moved. And these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons. So that's, they're, they're going to go over all the people who are loaded up now, all the men. They aren't going to name the women because again, it's a patriarchal document where the people want to accept that or not. It focuses on what's happening with the men and the women are sort of an afterthought again and again and again, except for Jesus's teachings. Jesus's teachings, those red letters that I'm always telling you about, those are the only part of the Bible that are more egalitarian when it comes to the sexes uh, out of the whole Bible. But here at the beginning, it's about the men. So the men that went. Um, so I didn't mean to... Um, heard talking in the middle of it. Let me see that one again. And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn. So you have Jacob, the one who's gonna be, whose name has been changed to Israel, and Reuben, his firstborn, even though it's not from uh, the wife that he loves. So that's two people. Verse 9, and the sons of Reuben, Hanak and Palu, and Hezron and Carmi. So again, our, about the names, so it's Reuben's sons, verse 10, and the sons of Simeon. And since it's going to name all these names, I'm just going to read through all of these verses. I'm not going to stop one by one unless one of the names stands out to me like we do when we read the genealogy. So here we go. Verse 10, and the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shaul, the sons of a Canaanitish woman. So it lets us know intermarrying with other people is nothing new. And the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and the sons of Judah, Ur and Onan and Shelah, and Perez and Zerah. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. So you notice the whole thing about that is these are all men's names, and yet some of the names sound a whole lot alike. They're exactly like they're spelled differently, but they're pronounced at least as far as you can tell. I can tell by reading them the same way women's names are pronounced now. Other women, other that happens over time. It happens with lots of different names. We went over that before too, like Lindsay. That's a man's name now, but it could be a woman's name too. Uh, all sorts of different names that are, that fall into those categories. Even like a Dana. That's a man's name, but it can also be a woman's name. There's lots of different names that are sort of unisex like that. Yet people get hung up when transgender people change names to make lives easier. Go figure. 13. And the sons of Issachar, Tola, and Puva, and Job, and Shemron. I don't think it's the same Job um, that's um, the, the, has a book in the Bible later, but it could be because the book of Job is considered to be I think one of the oldest books in the Old Testament, uh, in the whole Bible. Um, so it actually may be that same Job, but it's not real clear. And the sons of Zebulun, Sered, and Elon, and Jaleel, these be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padanaram with his daughter Dinah. 
all the sons of his sons and his daughters were 30 and 3. So the one Dinah gets mentioned as the one girl among all the brothers, but it's mostly also because she has that whole story of the rape that she um, endured and the response that came about because of it. Um, but it mentions the other daughters just in passing. They don't get mentioned by name like she does. Um, but it also, the thing to notice is the number. They're saying there's 33 of them. 16, and the sons of Gad, Ziphion, and Haggi, Shuni, and Esbon, Uri, and Aradai, and Arali, Arali. And the sons of Asher, Jemna, and Shuishua, and Itsui, Iswi, and Beriah, and Sariah, their sister, and the sons of Beriah, Heber, and Malkiel. So, Sarah, or Sarah, she gets mentioned by name, um, but I don't remember any other sort of backstory that goes along with her that I can think of. These are the, the sons of Zilpah, whom Labam gave to Leah, his daughter, and these bared unto Jacob even 16 souls. So they're saying it's just going over the fact that the women were given just like property, just like slaves, just like they don't have the same value. And this is the first book of the Bible, in, at least in order. Um, but the, she, they were given as property. The only one that Jacob slash Israel was even actually interested in being with was named Rachel. And she only had two. All of the other women were um what we'd call side pieces, what were used to be called concubines, what are essentially slaves, and um this Rachel, I mean Leah, the wife, was another wife. Um so that whole idea that people thump their Bibles and say they're so religious and holy and marriage is supposed to be between one man and one woman. Well just if they open up the Bible and just read it just a little bit, even if you can only get through the first book, you'll see right there, no, it wasn't one man and one woman, not even in the beginning was it like that. At least not for very long. Um verse uh nineteen. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph and Benjamin. So that's the one who he loved. Uh, was Rachel who passed away and those are the two kids she had. Uh, verse 20 And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim which Asenath the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bare unto him. So Joseph, Joseph also who the one who was sold as a slave once he, made, once he um, had his life in Egypt as that slave and then also once he gained some stature as far as the government there he was given women also as wives, and one of them was a daughter of a high priest in that whole magic um, uh, religion. And the sons of Benjamin were Bela and Beecher and Ashbel, Gera and Naaman, Ehi and Rosh, Mupem and Hupem and Ard. Verse 22, these are the sons of Rachel, which, bore, which were born to Jacob, all the sons were 14. So um, Benjamin was the last son. And those are all the kids he had in verse 21. And um, they're all counted as sons of Rachel since she's their grandma. Or since she was Benjamin and, um, and Joseph's mama. Uh, verse 23. And the sons of Dan, Hushem. 24. And the sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, and Guni, and Jezer, and Shilam. The of uh, twenty-five. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto 
Rachel, his daughter, and she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. So Lee, uh, she was given, I'd let you know, she's she's not a car. Uh, she's not a loaf of bread. She's a person. So it lets you know if you're giving people, they're not your employees, they're your slaves. And that's what she was given. She was given to um, Jacob as property, um, like property, when he married one of his daughters, who was also given like property. That's points that just makes me think of how that's how white supremacy works. It sets up one group, the Aristotle rich white people at the top of the pyramid, and then it promises other people a little less oppression if you align with it. It the first in line would be poor white people. And then they teach them, well as long as you're not black, then at least you're better off. So then they hold on to that and hate black people. Then it teaches black people, well if you're light skinned enough or you can pass for white, then you can get some of these privilege privileges. At least you're not black. And some of them will tokenize themselves and sell themselves and their people out to fall into that category and then look to who they can oppress. That would be the dark-skinned black people. That would generally be black women who unfortunately are almost at the bottom of the totem pole. But even black women and black people then turn around and say, well, who can we oppress? Then that would be the uh, black women uh, yet again. But then it becomes the LGBT. And then it's uh, and then LGBT say, who can we oppress? And then be the T in LGBT, the trans people. And then the trans people turn around and say, well, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Who in the world can we oppress? And the cycle starts over again. It's the uh, white trans people with uh, the most privilege. And then below them, it's the gay trans people who sort of go in and out. They can pass. They're, they're not really trans, but they can pass. And it just goes on and on and gone and again and again about everyone trying to avoid being at the bottom of the barrel. Who can we oppress so I can feel a little bit, a little bit better about your own oppression? And it's sad, but it's exactly what happens again and again and again, it seems, in the big picture grand scheme of things, um, where even now they're looking there at, um, they're seen as different because they are property. Verse 26, all the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's son's wives, all the souls were three score and six. So uh, letting us know that's uh, what, 66 people beside, except for the wives that the sons had taken, um, 66 people. So they don't get counted along with them because they're not his offspring, his, um, his lineage. And the sons of Joseph were, which were born him, <clears throat> excuse me, which were born him in Egypt were two souls and the souls of the son of the house of Jacob let me read that again. And verse 27, the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were three score and ten. So it's letting us know a score is 20, if I remember right. So three times 20 is 60 and 10 more. So 70 people is what it's, it's, what it's letting us know is how many people total were um, heading out of there, which were. Um, born to him as far as his lineage just again it's not counting the different wives who sort of joined in along the way verse 38 uh, 28 and he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen and they came into the land of Goshen so um 
Judah was sort of leading the the pilgrimage, the caravan uh, back to Africa, and um, and um, to get back to Joseph. Verse twenty nine, and Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen, and presented himself unto him, and he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. So there they were very close. He was his favorite. And he'd been, he figured, he he probably figured he would never get to see his father again. And the father surely thought he wouldn't see him again because he thought he'd been killed, uh, at least in this life. And yet they get to see each other again before uh, either one of them is gone. So they're both moved by that. And Israel said unto Joseph, now he's saying, let him die since I've seen thy face because thou art yet alive. So he's saying he could die a happy man now that he got to see his son again. And Joseph said unto his brethren, and unto and you can see why you I'd be careful how you read that verse thirty if you read it out loud if you read it with me before. Um, so verse thirty one. And Joseph said unto his brethren and unto his father's house, I will go up and show shoe Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. So he's he's telling them he's going to go tell his boss man. He's going to go tell Pharaoh that his family made it there. And the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. So he's saying he's going to tell them his family made it there. And they brought all their flocks and herd and herds. And it's because they're basically farmers or cowboys. Verse 33, and it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, what is your occupation? So he's saying, so when it's time for you to meet the king, and he asks you, what do you do for a living? He's telling them, giving them instructions on what words to use and how to say that'll be appeasing to the government for his own, for their own best interest. Verse 34, then ye shall say, thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. So he's saying, when he asks you what you do for a living, make sure you tell him that you're uh, shepherds, that you deal with livestock, that you deal with animals, basically. And it's saying it's because it's saying make sure you tell him that because it'll it'll be a good way to keep him keep him off your back and keep him away from you because they see you as an abomination the same way lots of churches see trans people and gay people and even some black people as abominations um something that is offensive something they don't want to be around so he's saying so if you want to keep the government off your back tell him your shepherds and he'll leave you alone so he's giving his family the instruction they need to be safe in the land where they're moving to and who would know better than the one who's governor of the land so that actually ends this reading i appreciate you checking it out with me and hope it was a blessing for you as always and i hope you'll join me again we have these readings generally on mondays and wednesdays this is a special just random one for other reasons we talked about before um but um uh, usually, also, those ones are at random times, and Saturday night we have a reading where we focus on the Gospels, and that one is just after midnight, early Sunday morning, uh, and the Gospels, that the, means the things Jesus actually had to say, because surprise, surprise, the Bible is not full of what Jesus had to say, just because you say you're a Christian, it's not, it's full of lots of different religions, and lots of different quote-unquote gods, and you're free to believe what you like. 
I happen to call myself a Christian because I believe that what Jesus says is what we're supposed to try to live by. That's what our guide is supposed to be. And what Jesus said appears in only six books out of the Bible, a tenth or a tithe of the 60 plus books in the Bible. So I think there's a hidden message for us also in that. If you, um, if you can see it or if it's so, and it's what I do, it's focused on what Jesus has to say. So that's what we do on our Saturday nights. Um, and, um, I hope you, if you're interested, you can find those past readings as we got through all of the Gospels. We're just beginning again on them now um, on those Saturday nights. But if you, you can see them here on this platform, um, if you want to look at the channel or if you are an adult, you can go to my platform while it lasts. It's hungtgirl.com and you can explore the links um, of the past readings there. You can get a membership, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content of the site. I appreciate all of the above. God bless you for all of the above. And thank you for all of the above. I hope you stay safe. Love your neighbors yourself. Wear your mask and wash your hands. God bless you and peace to you. I'll see you next time. Thanks again.